Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. Welcome now you're to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips. Joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today as we gear up for week 10 in the NFL, we're talking about some players who, I mean, who disappointed us last week. And, I mean, in what it means and should we have any trust in them going forward? So there's a couple guys that... I think we were counting on for some, you know, some good, good weeks and it just didn't materialize at all. So I, you know, I'll start quick with the, I'm going to start off the quarterback because we had one quarterback and it was Tom Brady who has put up some big games this year. And then him in the Bucks after he gets, he gets Godwin back from injury, Antonio Brown plays, he has Mike Evans, he has Rob Gronkowski, you have Fournette, you have Ronald Jones, and he puts up like 5.3 points in standard scoring. Can you trust this guy? Can you trust Tom Brady if you have him on your team to put him in your lineup? Can, how do you feel about this? Like, it is um, – I mean, you don't really have to make that decision. I mean, I don't know. You could be playing against Carolina. That's a, that's a, feels like that should be a good matchup, but can you trust it at all? I mean, <laughs> trust is a loose term. I mean, will I play him? Yeah, I would. I would still play him. Most quarterbacks have a down week. Unfortunately, I mean, Carolina shouldn't be a bad matchup, and it was week two, but that was his other worst performance of the year, you know, to date. So he only had one touchdown, two hundred seventeen yards in that Carolina game earlier in the season. I think we he was hitting kind of a high point, um, and he was starting to throw a lot of touchdowns. You were, you were kind of getting in that mode. Um, but it wasn't like they went towards Ronald Jones and Fournette. That wasn't like the reason why he didn't do well. He obviously, everything kind of went wrong for, for him and the entire team last week. I think you shake that off. I think you have to just give him another shot because I don't know, unless you have another quarterback and like, I don't know, the only other two that you'd be, that are technically below him that you would consider putting in would be like a Lamar or or Tannehill Herbert um, those guys that have been you know they could be up and coming um, but even then I think with all those weapons you you roll with them I, I don't I don't see myself getting off the Tom Brady bandwagon because of one game even though it was horrendous yeah I'm kind of there with you I think it, I think it's just a one week blip I think it'll go away it was really really bad I, it's just almost unexplainable what happened in that game? What 30, it was a 38 to three. It was just, I don't know what happened. So I think it's, I think it's a one week thing and it, I think it'll turn around. I'm not, I'm not going to completely be scared off of it, but so how about at running back? There's a couple guys that I thought were be- starting to become maybe more reliable and then just put up just nothing. One of them would be James Connor. So James Connor, if um, he ended up here with what, two, two points, I believe just two points. I think he had nine carries for 22 yards in a matchup that should have been a very good matchup against Dallas and nothing happened from that. So is that one that we should be weary of leery of now? James Conner He's going against Cincinnati this week. He should, he should be a top 10 guy, but after that performance, I mean, I don't know if this is something I, and I'll say if disclaimer on this podcast is I don't think we've ever been the biggest James Conner guys to begin with. He's just that guy who you kind of feel like he, you have to play cause he's going to get volume to me. He's like a better David Montgomery 
That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, he's going to get volume and he should be there. But I was actually starting to come around on him a little bit and thinking, okay, maybe they do well for you. But then this performance against Dallas was just horrendous. I mean, it was bad. But once again, I, I feel not as much of a, a Tom Brady thing because I think the difference there is Tom Brady has all these weapons. He can go off. James Conner's not the guy that's going to hit it big in one week. But he's been incredibly consistent. And when he gets over 10 carries, he usually delivers. And maybe it's not the best, uh, you know, yards per average or, or, you know, stats that you can look at to find out how explosive the guy was during the game. But he's going to get the job done. And a lot of the times, every other game or so, he's going to get you a touchdown as well. He doesn't catch a whole lot, but they do trust him enough to give him usually anywhere from 15 to 20 carries, right? He's had two bad games. Both of those games, he's had uh, nine carries against Dallas or six carries in week one against the Giants. Other than that, you know, he's had touchdowns in every other game but one. Now, I think you have to trust him because he's consistent. And I would rather have that than the the giant ups and downs of, of a lot of these other running backs at the moment. So, Every once in a while, you're going to have that. That's unfortunate, but I think they get back on track, especially in a Cincinnati game. I do feel like it's going to be uh, a, a lot more of a Pittsburgh Steelers game that we're used to seeing. So, How about a player like Melvin Gordon, who didn't do anything last week, 2.7 in standard. He has Philip Lindsay there, who's eaten into the workload. How trustworthy can Melvin Gordon be? I know this is one that I, I mean, I don't feel good about it, but He's he's in that level where a lot of a lot of times you probably have to throw him into almost like a flex type spot, but with with Lindsay there, man, it, it it's not like Gordon's been great. I don't think he's really like he doesn't he hasn't really impressed me this year. I will say, but you throwing him into your lineups this week against the Raiders? Um, I mean, like you said, in a flex position, running back is scarce, but I yeah. he is one that I truly do have doubts about. I, I think that everything going on on the field hasn't been, you know, hasn't really looked all that great. Um, they did give him the ball a lot early in the year, and he made up some points because they gave him so much bulk. But with Lindsey back, we know how dangerous Lindsey can be because that team loves him. And he overachieves every time you get it. And if you're even if you're only splitting carries with him, he will find the way on the field. So if Gordon is not performing well, and on top of that, hopefully all that is behind him. But he's the new guy, and then obviously getting in trouble off the field and and not playing a couple of games too, uh, it does weigh on you. And after the bye, I mean, he didn't play week six, and then you know week seven, eight, and nine. Uh, 70, he, he got 17 carries, right? He only turned mm-hmm. it into 68 yards. He got the touchdown, which is what you're looking for with Melvin Gordon. But the next two games, even when he did that, uh, they, they really went away from him in, in a big way. He only had eight carries and then six carries. I, I see a world where Melvin Gordon down the stretch does not do a whole lot for your team. And it's worrisome because I don't know, there's not a, a path out, out of Melvin Gordon in my mind. I don't know where else you could go with him because he's still a name. He's still technically the goal line back, but I don't think he carries a lot of value. So I'm not sure what you would do in that situation, but I'm right now, this is a guy that I'm kind of panicking about panicking about. I'm, I'm with you there. I don't feel comfortable putting in my lineup. I feel like it's a lot of times you do it because it's almost like you have to, and there's not anybody else you feel better about, but um, if it's a flex spot and he's your guy, I think I'm looking for a receiver at that point. 
and I'm just not going to play Melvin Gordon. I'll find a receiver that might do something. And there's more receiver options. I feel like I just, I don't feel comfortable with Melvin Gordon right now. So about, um, and I'll say one more name, which I don't even really have to talk about because are we worried? Yeah. Devin Singletary. I just got to apologize. I'm very sorry to the listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for Devin Singletary. Um, it just hasn't happened. And at this point I can say, I can think we can say it's, 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 it's not happening. And it, and it's not like it's because Zach Moss just like, you know, was amazing. Right. It's, it's nothing to do with Zach Moss. He's just the goal. It's how the, it's how Buffalo has decided to, you know, how they've decided to play and you know, it's working out for him. Can't blame him. It's working. It's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. This one hurts probably the most. I think i he is probably a player that I was the most off on in the past couple of years. Yeah, I, I really saw the avenue for him to be a very good running back in the NFL. And like you said, we talked about it, but it is not, I still don't think it's an indictment on how he's been playing necessarily. Um, but I do think it shows maybe my underappreciation of Josh Allen. And he's not the mm-hmm. stereotypical quarterback by any means, but because of that, having that volume touch as a quarterback mm-hmm. has killed the production of the run game for running backs on this team. So, yeah, I mean, this one, I'm just going to, you know, it's wrong, (laughs) just straight up wrong. And yeah, it kills me to say, and every once in a while, like in weeks, uh, what was it? Weeks three and four, I really Mm -hmm. thought there was a moment where I was like, oh no, now he's coming around. He's doing better. He had 12 points, 13 points. He got a touchdown that week four. And then once again, they go completely, you know, kind of the other way, just less mm-hmm. and less carries touches and and on top of that Zach Moss is the goal line back so mm-hmm. I feel like everyone loses in that situation yeah. so yeah. yeah it's a bummer it is all right so one of our listeners Russ had a question asking is it time to worry about guys like DJ Moore and Adam Thielen so I'll say I'm not as worried about Thielen um, I think we talked about this the other day about Dalvin Cook though and how well he's playing. And I think it can take away from Thielen if they're just going to run the ball. I, I don't, I mean, you have, you can't just run the ball. I don't believe you do have to throw it a little bit. So I'm not overly worried about Thielen. I'll say, I think, I think there's still going to be some, I, I'm, I'm okay with him. DJ Moore, on the other hand, I'm a bit worried. I mean, this is what, 18 yards last week. And then the week before he had like 50 some yards, but they all came on the last drive in garbage time, basically. DJ Moore worries me because I don't know. It's just not, it's like that connection, him and Bridgewater is just not there. I don't know what else to say. It's just, it doesn't feel like it's there. And what it was like a couple weeks ago where you're all of a sudden like, Oh, maybe there's DJ Moore playing well, but it was just two touchdowns. It was still the same kind of four, four catch thing. He's been getting those four catches, you know, five catches. And then the last two weeks, he's not even got that. So DJ Moore, I mean, how, how would you put him in your lineup? Not if I not if I could didn't have to. And once again, to be fair, I'm not a DJ Moore guy. I mean, at at week seven, I was also the one that said I would I would still trade him, even though he had three games in a row that were very good. And you can either think that he's trending up or this is the top of the mountain, and then he's probably sliding back down. I mean, do you expect him to catch two touchdowns every game? No. But that that middle section, like you said, only four to five catches, it, it definitely hinders you. But he was doing well, 93 yards in each one of the three games, three touchdowns. But, hey, I, I don't think this team relies on one person. And, and you have McCaffrey 
McCaffrey coming back last game, I do think it really does hurt DJ more. Yeah. Depending on what happens with him, it might help him a little bit more, like a little bit get back on track. But at the same time, not only did McCaffrey come back, but Samuels has all of a sudden kind of risen and now he's getting looks and he's the one looking a little bit better. And they're mm-hmm. letting him rush the ball a little bit too. So do I ever think that everyone's going to get on the same page? No. And I think this guy will be high highs and low lows. And I think most of it is going to be lows and I do not trust DJ Moore. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. All right. Final guy. I want to talk about this. Will be, this will be the final guy I have is Corey Davis. So we led uh, one of our, one of our good listeners, uh, David Lawrence. We, we led him astray last week. We told him play Corey Davis with confidence and Corey Davis gave us zero. He gave us a few, <laughs> if, if if you got points for drops, he would have gave you a couple points. Man, but, it made us look like damn liars. <laughs> sorry about that, David. I really am, buddy. <laughs> uh, I don't even. I mean, so this one, I will say, I don't have confidence now in Corey Davis to start him at all. My confidence was starting to build, and that just that wiped it out. That wiped it out completely. Corey Davis would have to show me something for multiple weeks before I ever trusted him again. I mean, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I mean, you, you, you let me buy in Corey. I, I bought in, I bought <laughs> in again and look what you did. It's like the lions do to us every year. You let <laughs> us buy in at that one point and then look at you do to us again. Corey Davis, I'm done with you. Unless you do, you have two good weeks in a row, then I'll, then I'll buy back in. <laughs> yeah, then I'm back. Yep. Same thing with the lions. If you go on a win streak, I'm back, but same thing. So <laughs> I don't know how you feel about Corey here. Yeah, that one hurt. I that was a weird one. And we know this can happen against Tennessee too, because as much as they do well, they usually are really, really efficient. And mm-hmm. AJ Brown is kind of the the you know the the poster child of this. He never has a lot of catches, but somehow he always finds the end zone, you know, three catches right. for 90 yards and touchdown. Corey Davis was starting to look like he could actually produce on, on that kind of thing. And then you do this, and I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, that one shook me bad because if, if you can't manage to put up a few points, even if you're having a bad game, it, it shows me that there is a lack of, of interest of, you know, let's get him the ball, let's get him involved, let's do this. It, it's not really that. It's, uh, he, uh, he doesn't have it today. Let's go away. We'll, we'll run with Henry it. a million times. Like, it, so that, that is what worries me. So I am – it shook me really bad as well, where I would not be starting him this week. Yep. So, all right. That's going to do it, though, for our week 10 episodes, I'll say. <laughs> we'll be back Sunday night to talk about how the games went. Maybe Corey Davis goes eight for 150 and two touchdowns. So, that's probably what will happen. Corey Davis will be the guy that always plays well in the week we don't play him. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> but that'll do it till then. Talk to you guys next time. <laughs>